You're listening to the sermon podcast by Southside Baptist Church in Florence, South Carolina. We exist to know God and to make Jesus known. For more up-to-date information, check us out at southsidenow.church. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you, you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Medical doctor M. Scott Peck began his famous book, The Road Less Traveled, with three simple, profound, and undeniable words. Life is difficult. Life is difficult. For some this morning, it may seem more difficult and more challenging than others, but sooner or later, all of us are destined for trouble. The Old Testament sufferer Job put it this way, man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Or as Jesus says, in this world, you will, not maybe, but you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Troubles or difficulties are a fact of life. But I want you to understand this morning that there is a vast difference between trouble and adversity and facing those things and in being troubled. There's a difference between those two. Twice in this 14th chapter of John's gospel, Jesus tells his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't panic. Don't fall apart. Don't let fear and anxiety get the best of you. Don't let your heart become troubled. Now, it's quite understandable when you think about it, that these disciples might be a little panicked. They might be a little troubled at this point because Jesus has just given them some devastating news. He's just told them that where I'm going, you can't come. You can't follow me. He tells them that he's going away and he reveals to them that one of them is going to betray him. He reveals to Peter that before the rooster crows, you're going to deny three times that you even know me. No doubt there's a somber, serious mood in the upper room that evening. Just think about all that has happened uh, so far. First of all, the disciples have been humbled and rebuked by Jesus washing their feet. They were arguing about who was the greatest, and Jesus takes off his robe and begins to take care of that menial task of washing their feet. Surely this Passover meal they've just eaten has been troubling as Jesus talks about things like eating his flesh and drinking his blood and and uh, that had to be a, a troubling time for them no doubt the disciples are aware of the growing tension that's going on between the chief priests and the Pharisees and and Christ and and maybe they sense the fact that maybe their lives even are in danger it's an extremely troubling time and yet Jesus says to them Do not let your heart be troubled. Don't be troubled. These disciples, especially 
those of the group who were fishermen would have been very familiar with that word trouble that Jesus uses here because it's the same word that's used to describe a storm. Uh, the Sea of Galilee was notorious for storms coming up suddenly and quickly, and the waters would become troubled with the winds. And uh, if you'll remember, the disciples were caught in such a storm once as Jesus took a nap in the back of the boat. And for a while, they fight the waves and the winds until they become fearful that the boat is about to sink, and they finally wake Jesus up and they say, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? Not only were the waves troubled, but the disciples were troubled. And if you'll remember, Jesus chides them for their lack of faith and, and uh, uh, their lack of trust in Him. And then He speaks those three marvelous words, Peace, be still. And there's instant calm. The lesson of that story is that if Christ's in the boat, you and I don't have to be worried. Even the winds and the waves obey His commands. But here again, he tells his disciples, there's storms coming. Be ready for them. Be prepared. Don't be afraid and don't let your heart be troubled when these things happen. And then Jesus goes on, I think, here in this 14th chapter to give us some reasons why we should not be troubled. Uh, some reasons that we shouldn't have an untroubled heart. This is the source of that untroubled heart. He tells us that uh, uh, how we can keep our heart calm even when storms are going on around us. Five things I want us to look at this morning. The first thing I see that is an untroubled heart results from our faith in Jesus Christ. Notice the first verse. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. You see, Christianity is not about following a set of rules. It's not about obeying the Ten Commandments. It's not about confessing a certain creed or adopting a certain lifestyle or even believing a set of teachings. It's about a relationship with a personal Savior. It's about an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus says, believe in me. Follow me, and I will show you the way. A few verses later, Thomas, the skeptic, I love Thomas. He's kinda, I kind of identify with him. He's kind of the Eeyore of the Bible, I think. Uh, uh, he, he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says to him, I am the way. I am the way. I love the story of the new missionary who hired a guide to lead them to a remote mission outpost that they wanted to try to reach. And, and uh, as they traveled deeper and deeper into the jungle, she noticed that the path kept getting narrower and narrower until finally it just ended. At that point, the guide took out his machete and he began to just hack through the, through the jungle uh, to where they were going. After a little while, the new missionary becoming quite concerned, and she asked, she says to the guide, where's the path? Where's the road that's going to take us to this little village? And the guide just smiled and said, I'm the path. Just follow me. You know, I, I know the way. I, I know where we're going. And friends, when you and I lose this morning, 
when we get caught in the storms and we're surrounded by trouble, isn't it great to know that we can just put our hand in His hand and trust our personal guide, our Savior, to lead us where we need to go? A story appeared in the newspaper now about an Air Force sergeant in South Carolina who instructed paratroopers. Now, I don't know, it could have been at Shaw Air Force Base, I don't know, I, uh, I didn't research the story that much. But anyway, it seems the sergeant had a mongrel dog named Joey that he claimed would obey any command that he gave it instantly, regardless of what that command was. Most people looked at this mangy mutt and they, there's, they didn't believe him, and so to prove his point... He took Joey up with him in an airplane with a specially designed harness and parachute. He made a bet with his fellow air troop airmen that on his command, Joey would jump out of an airplane at 10,000 feet. They didn't believe him. They took him up on the bet. And once they got up in the air, uh, the sergeant led Joey back to the drop door. And then the sergeant jumped first. And as he jumped out the door, he said, come on, boy. And instantly, Joey went out the door uh, of that parachute. When they approached the ground, the uh, sergeant was shouting triumphantly, uh, and Joey was barking in utter bewilderment. <laughs> newspaper reporter who covered the story summed up the event beautifully when he wrote this, these words. He said, Joey knew nothing about parachutes or aerodynamics. But Joey knew his master. Joey knew his master. You and I may not know much about the future. We may not know where we're going. We may not know how this story is going to turn out. But we know the master. And that's the source this morning of an untroubled heart. But there's more here. There's a second reason we can have an untroubled heart. And that's because of God's eternal plan for us. Look at verse 2. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus tells his disciples and he tells us this morning, don't worry, I am preparing a place for you. I am coming back and you are going to spend all of eternity with me. As Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians, I have not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Jesus is saying, I'm not deserting you this morning. I, I'm not leaving you here. I'm coming back so that you may be where I am also. Morning. The creator of the universe is inviting us to spend eternity living in his house. It almost seems too good to be true. And yet that's the promise that Jesus makes here. And I believe it's because of that promise. Down through the centuries, Christians have been able to face death with confidence. Regardless of what happens. Whether we make it through surgery or not. Whether we win the battle we're in or not, it doesn't really matter because we know when we die, we are going to be with Jesus. 
ago I read an amazing letter. It was written by Ignatius of Antioch to some fellow Christians around the beginning of the second century. It comes from an amazing little book called 100 Days in the Arena that tells stories of various people who've been martyred for their faith. And to give you a little background, Ignatius is being transported to Rome, probably to be put to his death. And yet, the confidence that he expresses in this letter is amazing. I, I put it on the screen for you, and I'm going to read it, but follow along. It's, it's a couple paragraphs, but he says this. He says, all the way from Syria to Rome, I've been chained to a detachment of soldiers who have behaved like animals toward me. I tried giving them money, but the more I gave them, the more roughly they treated me. Quite honestly, they're like a pack of leopards, enjoying their role as hunters, with me as the prey. Well, that has some advantages. I might as well get used to leopards now. It'll be lions and real ones at that when I get to Rome, so I can make some progress toward preparing myself spiritually and mentally for what lies ahead. All I pray is that when the moment comes, the lions will be quick about it. Some Christians have suffered torments because the with them. If my lions are like that, I shall antagonize them. Forgive me for writing like this, he says, but I do know what is best for me. No power, human or spiritual, must hinder my coming to Jesus Christ. So whether the way be fire or crucifixion or wild beasts in the arena or the mangling of my whole body, I can bear it, provided I am assured it's the way to him. And it is. And the riches and power of this world cannot compare with that. So far as I am concerned, to die in Jesus Christ is better than to be king of the whole wide world. Do not trip, tempt me to stay here in the world and its attractions. Just let me make my way upward to that pure and undiluted light, for only when I get there will I be truly a man. Friends, that's an untroubled heart this morning, the heart that's confident in God's eternal plan for our life. Do you have this morning, which brings me to the third source of an untroubled heart, and that is the power of prayer. Look at John 14, verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. It's as if Jesus were saying to his disciples, I'm going away, I'm going to the Father, but don't worry. I'm leaving you my gold visa card with an unlimited credit balance. <laughs> if you need anything, just use that card with my name on it. And uh, it's a, unlike American Express, it's accepted anywhere. Yeah. Jesus says, all you have to do is just call on the bank of heaven in prayer, and, and, and I'll take care of it. When our daughter, uh, our youngest daughter Karen was in college, she spent a year abroad studying in Germany, and before she left, we got her a credit card. And of course, I gave her the dad speech. Uh, you, know, um, you know, now this card is really only for emergencies. And pizza is not an emergency. You know, or, or seeing a cute outfit that you just got to have is not an emergency. Uh, now, I didn't really need to worry. Karen is by far my most frugal child, and she takes kind of her mom's 
never really abused the card and and uh, it came in handy a couple of times but it was it was good she had it but uh, I was being overly cautious for no reason fortunately our God is not so tight-fisted this morning in fact he encourages us to use this bank account through prayer we're encouraged to ask in his name he says here whatever we ask he will do it whatever power we need he'll provide it whatever miracle we need he'll perform it whatever the problem he can solve it our heavenly father can take care of the need so whatever it is that's troubling us this morning we don't have to just keep fretting about it we can take it to jesus in prayer that's the awesome privilege of prayer this morning as the apostle paul so aptly puts it in philippians he says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving requests be made known to god a fourth reason we should not be troubled is because of the comfort of the holy spirit look at verse 16 jesus says and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Or skip down to verse 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The word translated here, comforter or helper, is the Greek word paraclete. It's, it means the one who comes alongside of. One who comes to our aid or our rescue. One who supports or strengthens us. Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm sending another comforter. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to help you. Now, I don't have time this morning to talk about all that the Holy Spirit does for us. That's another message, maybe a series of messages. But let me just mention quickly a few of the uh, tasks or the functions of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And uh, you may not have time to get all these written down and fill in the blanks, but I'm just going to read them quickly. He convicts us of sin. He testifies of Jesus. He regenerates us as believers and makes us new. We're born of the Spirit. He assures us of our salvation. He sanctifies us and makes us holy. He strengthens us in the inner man. He empowers us to witness and serve the Lord. He imparts to us spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit produces the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Things like love, joy, peace, and patience. He unites the body of Christ and makes us one. I could go on and on. But suffice it to say this morning that in our own power... We can do nothing, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're unstoppable. Just think of the disciples. They would have been doomed for failure without the Holy Spirit. In fact, after the crucifixion, we find them locked away in secret for fear of the Jews. But after Pentecost, after the coming of the Holy Spirit, you couldn't shut them up. They literally turned their world upside down for Jesus. My point is, we have a powerful ally this morning in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I've always been a fairly small person. Nice way of saying I was kind of the runt of my family. I was probably 15 before I broke 100 pounds. Uh, so I learned pretty early it paid to have some big friends. 
And I don't know quite how this happened in high school, but most of my best friends were football players. Uh, most of them were dumb as a post, but they were, they were loyal. Uh, if I hadn't helped a couple of them with algebra and English, I'm not sure they'd have graduated. But anyway, I was their little buddy. For one Friday night football game, some guys from our crosstown rival school were out in the parking lot, and they were saying some disparaging things about our school, and so I said a few disparaging things about their school, and things were beginning to get a little tense. I was thinking I might have to make a run for it to keep from getting And about that time, one of our big offensive tackles, a guy we called Porkchop, <laughs> walked up and he put his hand on my shoulder and said, Barry, are these guys giving you trouble? About that time, two big linebackers joined him. It was amazing how quick those guys got in their car and drove off. And uh, they, they were, I was so grateful, I think I did their homework for about two weeks. <laughs> but they came alongside me at that time when I needed them. We have a friend this morning who stands beside. And we need not be troubled by the devil's disparaging remarks this morning. We not be, need be concerned about his threats. We need not worry when troubles come. We have a helper. We have one who is ready and willing to come to our aid. Because of the Holy Spirit this morning, we need not be troubled. Then there's a final reason we need not be troubled, and that's because we have the gift of peace. Look at verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave, leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Notice here Jesus says, my peace I give to you. What kind of peace did Jesus have? Well, just watch him as he goes through the ordeal of his arrest and trial. Watch him as he endures the beatings and the mocking and the crucifixion about Jesus that's almost unbelievable. In fact, Pilate is almost frantic trying to find a way to release him. In fact, he gets angry uh, and upset at Jesus because he won't answer him. He won't try to defend himself. Pilate even yells at him and says, Don't you realize I have power to free you or crucify you? And Jesus replies calmly, You would have no power at all over me were it not given you from above. His calmness in this situation is incredible. And Jesus promises us that same kind of peace this morning. The boy was riding home in the car with his family after church one morning. He said to his mom, he said, you know, I really like that song we sang this morning, Trust and Okay. It was really trust and obey, but I kind of like his emphasis there. That, that, uh, that's pretty good. We trust him. It'll be okay this morning. God promises even in the midst of the storm. The great preacher Matthew Henry preached a sermon once he entitled Jesus' Last Will and Testament. Listen to this little excerpt. He says, When Christ was about to leave the world, he made the following will. His soul he committed to the Father. His body he to Joseph to be decently interred. His clothes fell to the soldiers. His mother was left to care in the care of John. But what should he leave his poor disciples? He had no silver and gold, but he gave them that which was infinitely better, his peace. 
can't be earned. It can't be bought this morning. It is simply a gift from God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Let me close with this story this morning. Near Madrid, Spain, stands one of the greatest palaces ever built by man called the Escorial. It's located within the vast church complex of San Lorenzo. And when the church was under construction, the architect designed a vast arch that at that point in history was the largest that had ever been built. On this one arch, that the entire weight of the church's massive roof would be held up. Well, the king of Spain was quite worried that this tremendous weight of this roof was more than this arch could bear. And so he ordered the architect to build a massive column right in the center that went all the way up to the apex of that arch to be sure that it would hold it up. Well, the architect, of course, vehemently protested. He said, you know, it's going to ruin the, the, the beauty of the cathedral. It's, going to, it, it's not necessary. We don't have to put it there, but the king was the king, and he insisted, and so the column was built. Years went by, and finally the king died, and only then did the architect reveal that he had left a quarter-inch space between the top of the column arch that it was supposedly supporting. In the hundreds of years that have passed, the arch has not sagged even a quarter of an inch. If you were to visit the Escorial today, I'm told that you can watch a tour guide pass a board between the top of the column and the arch. That story of the king's lack of trust reminds me that I'm often guilty of the very same thing. How often do I get troubled and worried that God's plan might fail? Or that He won't answer my prayer? Or that He won't come to my rescue and I'll perish? And I waste a lot of time and a lot of energy building unnecessary columns to support what could never fail in the first place. Friends, we can have an untroubled heart this morning. Troubles? Oh, we'll have... Problems, they may come by the bucketfuls. But in the midst of it all this morning, our hearts can be untroubled. Would you stand with me this morning? I wonder, present this morning with a troubled heart. Maybe you've been worrying instead of praying. Maybe you've been depending on your strength and your resources instead of the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been laboring and building unneeded columns instead of trusting the Lord. If so, I, I, I want you this morning to accept and receive Jesus' gift of peace. It's yours for the asking. He's promised it to you. It's part of your inheritance. All you have to do is claim it this morning. I've asked Kip if he would lead us of verses of the old hymn Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and as we sing that great old hymn this morning if your heart's troubled you'd like to give it to the Lord this morning the altar is open we invite you to come 
and uh, Pastor Josh will be here. I'll be here if you or if you just want to come and talk to the Lord, you're welcome to come and do that this morning. Let's sing this hymn together and then we'll close in prayer.